All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, along with two-time Super Bowl champion David Deal, welcoming you to Big Blue Kickoff here on Giants.com. Uh, a reminder that the Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. And Dave, I'll tell you, just spent a lot of time, you know, first listening to uh, Coach uh, Schumer this morning and then in the uh, locker room listening to the players. And everybody's asking the same question. And fortunately, the, um, the giant players are answering the same way. Everybody's asking, well, you know, both teams are 0-1. You and the Cowboys are 0-1, so somebody's going to go 0-2. How do you feel about that? Blah, 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 blah. 0-2 is a big hole. Uh, I don't have to remind you, your first Super Bowl uh, yeah. Your first Super Bowl ring came. Yeah, after going 0-2 and, and, and obituaries written on all of us. Yes. Right, yeah. but, but the guys were saying, we got to worry about Dallas. We, we can't be worried about the record. We can't be worried about... We got to worry about winning a game. And they seem pretty focused and, and in a good frame of mind. They didn't come out of that game. And, you know, I know a lot of the fans, and, and in fairness, not just the fans, media as well, they don't want to hear about it. It's gloom and doom right away. Mm -hmm. And you lived through that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Knowing what the, the, the flip side is with the criticism. But they're in a pretty, they felt that they came out of that game. Uh, Things need to be corrected, but they felt that there were a lot of positives. I don't think it was like Pollyanna of them to say that. And they seem pretty focused on the business at hand, which is going into Dallas and our rival and taking care of business. Absolutely. I mean, when you look back at, at this last game on Sunday, obviously, you know, you see and, and you remember all the missed opportunities. And I don't think that those were hard to see that with anything and everything that could have possibly went wrong in that game. You know, between the start of it to the turnover, uh, pick six for a touchdown, that when you're still sitting there with all that taking place, with 4-10 left in the fourth quarter, it's still a 20-15 to 15 game. So that's still in, gr in grasp and in reach. But, you know, the biggest thing that this football team needs to do is, you know, they played up against a great team. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the best defenses you're going to face all season. And for the football team on the defensive side of the ball, you know, being able to go out there, play live, once again, in a new system, just like offensively, you know, corrections need to be made on that side. But the biggest thing that they're going to need to do to continue to move forward is obviously, you know, clean up all the X's and O's stuff and no more miscommunication, no penalties, no drop passes, no fumbles on, on the special teams unit. But the other thing that they're going to have to do is make sure that they go through not only the things that happened yesterday, but also through the preseason, anything that they left out there on film that they didn't correct. Because that play that was called uh, by Blake Bortles, the QB sneak, that was perfectly designed and called for that play because what's happening? The defensive end is crashing down, selling it, and taking the running back. That happened twice during the preseason, and the same thing took place on Sunday. So the defense and the offense and this team definitely have improvement to make. They know it, but I think the positive thing is, is that you know, they've regrouped together. You can tell that there's a different energy back in this building. And you know that they're ready and refocused, getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys for the first one on the road in prime time. All right, before we get to the phones and the number for you folks to call is, as always, 201-939-4513. Uh, 
I got a two-time Super Bowl champion on the offensive line, no less, sitting next to me. So, you know, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, which I know still some of you want, want to address. Your assessment of what you saw on the offensive line this week. Well, obviously, uh, th that's an area that we all were focused on, considering the fact that we're looking at a basically completely rebuilt offensive line with Eric Flowers moving from the left to the right. And the one question that we had was the right side of the offensive line. This was Patrick Omame's first year starting at right guard. This is Flowers' first year moving over to the right tackle on the opposite side. And, you know, I think that they had fight and toughness in them, and they competed. But at the same time, when you're out there on Sundays playing up against the talent level that you're playing up against, it comes down to technique and fundamentals and being consistent with them. Uh, I, I think what happened with Eric Flowers, I think it's pretty evident that he needs to play much better in order for not only this offense to function, but the offensive line to function together. Because when there's blood in the water and sharks are swarming, especially when you're on that side of the ball, now Patrick Omame, whose strength was to run the football and more of his weakness was in the passing game, now having the things take place that did this past Sunday, they're going to get bombarded with either blitzes, with rushes, with twists, with tw stunts until they stop it and shut it down. Well, I, let me ask you this. It, it, you know, I was talking to Phil Sims about this. Yeah. Perhaps that was the absolute toughest test that they could get, that new offensive line with that defensive front from the Jaguars. That well, is, you're getting thrown right in the fire, absolutely. Right. So, so if there's a positive, I'm asking you, if there is a positive coming out of that, was that this is a new completely new offensive line that had a test against the powerhouse yep. where you can say, okay, mistakes came to the front. Now we know what to correct, but it came against a powerhouse. Let's put it this way. It didn't come against a weak sister. No, no. Team. It came up against a team that had the second most sacks in the league last year and had four returning players with eight plus sacks. So, you know, the magnitude of the fight that you're getting into but I also think that there were things that took place during that football game that there were adjustments made by Pat Shermer and by Mike Shula offensively, scheme-wise, that would have helped the offensive line. You think about if you connect one of those screens, it slows down the pass rush because now they're worried about that. And then if that reverse to Odell Beckham Jr. goes, now all of a sudden you're just selling that motion and the reverse but what are you doing? You're handing it off inside. When you have a successful reverse like that, now what are the backside defensive end and linebackers going to have to do? They're going to have to honor it and sit that split second instead of crashing down the line. When that happens, it gives you more time to work on double teams, get movement up front, and you have a bigger, more positive run game. All right, as we said, 201-939-4513 is the number. What do you say we open up the phone lines from Jackson, New Jersey? And speak with Timothy. Hello, Timothy. How you doing today? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. What's Good, going Timothy, on, Timothy? What's up? Got a question for you. If if Eric Flowers sits for Sunday night's game against the Cowboys, Jared will likely be the giant starting right tackle if he to prevent. Demarcus Lawrence from sacking Eli Manning. Timothy, we, we got a bad connection. I don't, I don't know if something's going on in the background. Repeat the question again. Well, well, shall we take over for Eric Flowers as the starting right tackle for the Giants? Got it. 
Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Thanks for the call, Tim. Appreciate Got it. Got it, Tim. Yeah, he's asking if Chad Wheeler, this is a big question. Everybody's, you know, checking in to see if Chad Wheeler would be one to replace Eric Flowers. Obviously, it was a tough outing for Eric Flowers. You can't not say that. But there were some positive things that you can look at when you watch film. And then some improvements that he did make. But it's going to be on him to go out there and perform and play the way that he's capable of and the way that he needs to play, like I said, for this offensive line and for this offense to function. You know, he's going to be out there, and it's up to him to earn and keep that job. And Chad Wheeler is, has to play more consistent. He has to play better in practice because right now, the way that it worked out through training camp, he didn't win the battle. He didn't win the right tackle starting job. So now the way that he can earn that is, number one, if he goes out and practices, competes, and shows them that he's making the improvements necessary to go out there and trust him at the right tackle position, then you can see something happening. Until then, now it's up to Eric Flowers to prove who he is as a football player and go out there and maintain his job. Yeah, well, the one thing uh, that Flowers has going for him, uh, his, his teammates, and in particular his head coach, uh, are standing behind yes, him. Absolutely. And, 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 and they said the right things. Like Pat Sherman said, yeah, the, the, were things that he did need to be fixed? Absolutely. Yes, but he yeah. also said that there were good things. You see, folks, the thing with... If anybody makes a mistake, it gets talked about. But if Flowers makes a mistake, especially at the beginning of the game and, and then gets called for a penalty, he becomes the culprit. I did like two things that happened uh, with Flowers. Uh, he, he said, that, you know, yesterday was yesterday, the day before, he, he said um, he put it on himself. Yeah. He said, Took yeah, I got to do better. I got to correct this. He also said, and I like that, he was not concerned with what anybody says except his coaches and his teammates. He wasn't getting into worried about the criticism of the fans or the criticism of the media. I got to do better, and I got to do it for my coach and my teammates. I like that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Taking ownership and accountability for yourself and... You know, you're going to hear that stuff from the outside. Yeah, that, and it isn't something life, unfamiliar. Life that's in a fishbowl. No kidding. And that's not something that he's unfamiliar with. But for his standpoint, he's right. None of that stuff matters. But what matters is the way that he listens to his coaches, the way that he continues to try to work on his technique, hammer out working and, and making sure he has the balance underneath him so he's not punching overextended, and that his hands and his feet are tied together. That's on him. And he knows it is. And this is his last opportunity to continue to show what type of player that he is before something else is done with the offensive line. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Philly and speak with Matt. Hello, Matt. How are we doing today? Hey, guys. I'm doing great. Um, Russ never spoke to you before. It's great to speak to you for the first time. Good talking and, to you. And, David, it's an absolute honor, sir. Thank you very much. What's going on? How can we help you? Yeah, uh, one one quick thing. I was like, uh, actually, um, I'm not going to beat the horse any further with flowers. I think we all know. We're all seeing what we see. Obviously, we all feel a certain way about it. You know, I think it's time to let's, you know, let's 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 pray for the guy. Let's, you know, let's try some, maybe some positive reinforcement or something, and let's just kind of move on from that. And hopefully, he can. You know, hopefully we get him the help he needs, and you know he gets ready to rock. So, and I agree with everything you guys are saying. And Russ, you were talking about it with Phil, with with uh, Phil Sims the other day. Yeah, I'm like, frankly, getting sick of talking about it. But um, 
One thing I was going to ask you, and David, you brought it up, um, is the containment of the defensive of the defensive line or just the defensive group. Is that is is the containment that we're seeing losing, or the, the containment that's getting lost? Is that coming from the the outside linebacker, or is there kind of more parts to it? Well, on the the one which was the quarterback keeper on the call, that was actually. Uh, Kareem Martin crashing down thinking that they were going to hand it off to Yeldon on the inside where even though it's difficult to see that color and not flash you still have to respect the fact that the quarterback can still bootleg or keep it uh, for the instance that they did and the reason like I said and, and brought that up again is because that was something that took place during the preseason that's something that you need to correct and make sure that history doesn't repeat itself and then there are other times whether it was the um you know, the corner filling on one side, and then there was another one with a linebacker fill that, you know, the great thing about this defensive line that they all love is now in James Betcher's system, they're relentless. They can per- penetrate upfield. It's not about two-gapping, holding up a guard in the center and letting the linebackers run. It's about making sure that you are doing anything to be disruptive and trying to get a, a running back to cut a certain way to where the flow of the defense is. When you play that way up front, it's a great thing, but at the same time, it takes discipline to play that way because one step this way out of your gap, you know, you, you slide it down too much, you veer or pinch too much. Now, all of a sudden, you're leaving an open gap that you don't have a player responsible for. Oh, anything else, Matt? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Because I was just going to say, like, with, with regards to the defense, they're play, you know, they play, I, in my opinion, I thought they played great. Um, well, but, they, they, like, they pitched the shutout the second half. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was great. You know, but coming against Dak, I want to see. I want to see some sacks. You know, we're getting pressure. I want to see some sacks. Let's turn him over, and let's let let's get it going. And so I would, I would say one point I want to make for the defense is number one: let's contain. Let's hold the contain. I'll probably lose my mind if I see Dak running out like like Bortles did and whoever the quarterback was for the Pats at the time did. Well, uh, li- Matt, Matt, thank you for the call. Uh, listen, that can run. Oh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, to, to, to see him running a bit, that's not going to be a shock. It, it's, as you're saying, it's containing him. You, you know, like, like, what's the expression? You don't stop somebody, you slow him down. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to get a run here and there. I mean, because he has the ability to do so. You know, I'm interested to see the way that this – or uh, Dallas Cowboys offense comes out, you know, throughout the off season, throughout, you know, training camp, we're hearing, you know, we're changing our offense. This is going to be more Dak centric. You know, we're going to run some read option. We're going to run some spread out, basically trying to duplicate some of the things Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles did, making it a quick rhythm timing passing system. When you saw him come out to Carolina, obviously two opening penalties on their opening drive that leads to th- third and 26 four penalties in the first quarter that obviously hampered them and they had two what was it 10 penalties over the day this is a team that you saw in that game was undisciplined the Giants if they go in and play sound smart football let them make the mistakes let them put themselves in a hole because what were they on third down two for 11 why their third downs were Third and 26, third and 12, third and 10, third and 11, third and seven, third and three, 11, 11, 18, zero, and seven. 
Sounds like the Giants a year ago. Well, I mean, that's but look at what it did to their offense. Right. They had no rhythm. They weren't able to run the football, and they started digging themselves in a hole. That's, right. that's something that this game is going to be crucial to let the Dallas Cowboys make the mistakes on the field, let them cause the penalties, because we saw in this perfect example this last game not how much it just disrupts what they're able to do defensively because they're relying on their offense to run the football and control the time of possession, but what it did to them offensively. Tyron Smith, their left tackle, probably had one of the worst games I think I've seen to play in his career. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if something's wrong with him. But when you can put those good offensive linemen in bad positions like they were in Carolina, it feeds everything to the defense that we're running. Yeah, Troy Aikman, uh, carrying on with the point you just made up, uh, talking about the uh, Cowboys' trouble on offense, Troy Aikman was criticizing them. He he even got criticized by... um, Stephen Jones, uh, Jerry's uh, son, who's, the, I guess, the executive VP yeah. of the Cowboys, because Troy was pretty straightforward saying their offense lacked, he wasn't seeing any creativity. No, it was the, the same vanilla offense and same problems that they had last season. Yeah, Scott Linehan b- being the offensive yep. uh, coordinator. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Russ Salzberg along with two-time Super Bowl champion David Deal. Let's go to Queens and speak with Duke. Duke, how are we doing today? Guys, thank you for taking my call. Thank Let's you very much. It. Okay, buddy. Um, really quick, I have comments and, uh, and thoughts and two questions. Um, really quick thoughts. Um, man, if we lose this Dallas game, oh, boy, I am going to be pissed. <laughs> because it's one thing to say, like, okay, Jacksonville's defense is great, and that's why we put up 15 only, and – all this and and their playoff team, etc. But Dallas is not looking good right now. And not only, and not only that, it would be we would be owing to. Uh, there's two other teams in our division that already have a win. They would have a win. So we would be the only team without a win. So I, I'm not saying I would give up, but I would be really, really pissed off. Uh, first question. That leads me to my first question. Uh, what? Let's say we go. Oh, and five. Oh, no, no, Duke, 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 Duke. Time out, Duke. Time out, Duke. I'm going to. Let me have it. No, I'm going to be the coach. Say the coach, Pat Shermer, for a second. You're talking, let's say. We're not talking hypotheticals here. Like Coach Shermer said, yes, it isn't an important game because it's a division game and a conference game, but it's one of 16, and we have to approach every game as that game, that week. That's the game right now. They got to worry about, they just lost a game. They got to worry about mm-hmm. winning a game. And winning the game means Sunday night in Dallas. And whether you think Dallas is bad or good or what, it is Dallas Sunday night. J- just listening to the Landon Collins before I came in here saying, it's mm-hmm. Dallas. It's going to be yeah. late. It's not going to be easy. Uh, the games are usually decided between these two teams in yeah. the last couple of minutes. You know, so, so don't view it that way. But let's not talk about if they start. If my Aunt Tilly had you-know-what, she'd be my Uncle Willie. It doesn't work that way. Duke, Duke, the one thing I'll say to you, Duke, is obviously, you know, it, that's definitely not the, the way that you want to start an, a season 0-2. But to say it's over, look back at 2007. We were able to overcome it. But the thing I will say in regards to this football game, and I, I don't want you going to run and jumping off a bridge yet, Duke, but the thing I'm going to say is the magnitude of this Sunday night game it's very crucial for both of these football teams. Sure. I truly think that this Sunday night game 
reminds me and has that same type of feel that I felt last year when we were playing the L.A. Chargers. The reason why, there, there, was, there was a point in the season that both teams were struggling. Both teams needed something confidence-wise, needed a spark, and needed some form of momentum to push them the rest of the season. And the Chargers the got Chargers it. The Chargers got it. Well I, I truly feel point. that this game is one of those games because for right now, for the, the New York Giants to come away with a win in Dallas would not only get your first win, but it get you a win in the division, and it would exactly. let everybody see the proof of the work that they're putting in and how much this new system, when you buy in and you play good football, how much of a difference that it will make. That's the one thing that I think in the magnitude of this game can truly bring out of both of them to really get that confidence to boost them, to propel them for the next games. Because looking forward, even though we're not going there yet, but it's a tough road ahead. Nobody's denying that, Duke. Anything else, Duke? Right. Yeah, yeah. Two, two really quick questions, and I'll take it off the air. And before I say this, two questions. Yeah, I miss you, man. I miss you, Gail. I miss you, buddy. Oh, thank Please you. Come back. I miss you. Uh, two, all right, so two questions. Um, uh, first one, uh, would, I, would, would it be shocking to see any of these guys off the team in the next few weeks? I'm not saying Flowers. I'm not even saying anybody in the, on the uh, starting O-line, but I'm saying some of the newer guys that we picked up. Let's say uh, Kalen Clay, he makes another mistake, a huge mistake. Can, can we see him like, get switched out for someone else? That's I, will, I will say this. There are no guarantees okay. in this league. Week in and week out, it can change. The roster can change. Players can get cut. And for anybody who doesn't know, I'm sure I didn't, I wasn't, and I didn't see how many guys, but I'm sure there were about 15 or 20 guys here yesterday working out on the off day that are free agents looking to get picked up by a team. And I'm sure all 31 other teams in the NFL were doing the same exact thing because they're all looking at ways to bolster their roster. D Duke, you know what you need to do, buddy? You need to go to your cupboard right now and pull out a different, mm -hmm. pull out a different glass. <laughs> you, 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 you're looking at the glass half empty, as if what can go wrong and who we're going to change. Look Not at the, the look, look at the glass that it's half full, and oh, maybe these guys are going to do good. Oh, you know good. what I'm saying? Thanks for the call, Duke. Thanks, Appreciate Duke. it, buddy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Good call. Good call. Two zero one nine three nine four five. One three is the number. No, it's just funny. He says, if we start 0-5, if this guy stinks and he's not going to... Well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. If, if the roof falls, it's going to have to be fixed. No question. You know, people are going to have headaches and injuries, so we're going to have to fix it. But, you know, uh, let's try and be a little positive. They're not 0-10, they're 0-1. Let's go to Suffolk County, speak with Mike. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you doing today? How you doing, buddy? Good. I have a, a, a little statement I'd like to make. I watched the game very, very closely on Sunday. And, uh, you, you, know, I, you know, I thought the team played well. You know, of course, you know, there's always mistakes during the game. But one thing I did notice, and I'm going to be a critical of... Hello? Okay. Hold on. You broke uh, up you, a you little You broke there, up Mike. a second. You're going to be critical of what? Sa Sa Saquon Barkley. Okay. Barkley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now this is what this is the problem I have with him. Okay, and I know he's a rookie, but I think the Giants misused him that game. They had him running inside, um, and they had him, you know, trying to catch flare passes. That's fine, but running inside, I don't think is his game. And the reason I say that is there were a couple of times where. Uh, he ran inside, and he's tiptoeing. He's not burrowing through. 
He's he's uh, he's more upright than he is low, okay. And I think there were some critical plays, second, uh, third down, two yards to go, third down, four yards, whatever, that he had a chance to make it, but but because he's high, standing up, he's not getting in there. He's not he's not uh, a burly back in that. He, Whoa! He, he, let me just say something, Mike. Uh, Saquon criticized himself in particular on that fourth and two play. Yeah. Sa- Saquon said it loud and clear. When you say, and thank you for the call, Mike, but, but Saquon said it loud and clear, I'm 230 pounds. You got to get it. I'm not a little back. Maybe I shouldn't have dived up and over. I should have put my shoulder down and plowed through. We're not talking about some little guy here. Yeah, no, and the, the thing that... He's they, a load. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the thing that, that I wanted to go along with that is, is you also have to figure out and base your running game on what they're going to give you. You know that the way that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars play on the defensive side of the ball, that they believe in their front four, that they're going to be risky and make sure that they have people on the outside so that you don't work the edges, so that if you can work those double teams and those meshes, you have a better opportunity of running the football inside and getting two guys on one than you do trying to bounce it outside and leaning more on your receivers up against a big linebacker or a safety. Uh, so those are different in-game adjustments that you make, but – you know, in regards to, to Saquon Barkley not being an inside runner, I saw him do it a bunch in college. And, you know, that's something that he's going to continue to develop in. It was his first game in his rookie season. And for him to rush for over uh, 100 yards, he was the first running back to do so of the top five running backs taken in the NFL draft going back to 2010. Last year, Fournette got right at 100. He broke 100 and had, what was it, 106? Before that, nobody went over 70 yards. We're talking about Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of the crew. So for him to do that on his opening game, to do it up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's great. Is there work to be made? Does he know that he has improvements to make? Of course he does. And that's something that you're going to continue to see and develop out of him as a football player. And, and some people, we, we addressed this yesterday when I was sitting here with Lance. Some people were saying, yeah, he got the 100 or a little over 100, but, you know, 68 came on one play. and our It was a that, touchdown. It, Who cares? It, it, 68 Who came, cares? 68 came on one play. That, well, we, that, only, that, we only won the game yeah, that, that, 14 to 12. You won the game. It that, doesn't matter. That play, it wasn't just a 68-yard touchdown run okay it was a 68 yard touchdown run when the uh, Jaguars were ready to close the coffin they were in a hole and on third down this guy does a dance and a prance and goes out the end and he showed balance and power and then Speed. speed he outran everybody you know to me you know he's got some like and I was watching it I'm sure you were, and sure the fans were. You know that dancing and prancing. A Don't little, get through but, that. But, but you yeah. know what? That's part of a style, a la Barry Sanders. And I'm talking a la yeah. a Hall of Famer. And you know what? That's what Barry did. You know, certain guys have the ability. Not everybody can do that. The ability to bust out yeah. a 70-yard play. Saquon has the ability. He did it in college. So yeah. You know, if you get one of those a game, you're living pretty high. No kidding. No kidding. And that's something, once again, with his development of his game and now playing in the NFL, that's something that he's going to learn that he can't do. You're not going to be able to bounce every ball outside in, in the zone running scheme like you did in college and be able to outrun and have a better angle than some defensive ends or linebackers because they're much better in the NFL. 
But you'll know that once he gets more familiar, not only with the scheme and what he's playing and how it is done in the NFL, but once he gets more familiar with how the offensive line sets up blocks and the schemes and the way it goes, you're going to see him lower his head more, not do as much dancing and making sure he gets more north-south. 201-939-4513 is the number for you to call on Big Blue Kickoff. And it's a reminder that Big Blue Kickoff uh, uh, Live is presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Back to the phone lines we go. Again, 201-939-4513 is the number. Out to Long Island, and let's speak with Christian. Christian, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm all right, guys. How you doing? How Good. you doing, buddy? I uh, I just had a few questions. Uh, I know you guys are probably tired of talking about the offensive line and uh, and Flowers, but um, do you see if Flowers continues to struggle, you think that uh, Gettleman will make a trade like midseason, or somehow is he going to finish the season on the roster, even if it's on the bench? Who knows? I mean, you, you, you honestly it's a hypothetical. Yeah, right? I mean, believe me, if there's a situation where the Giants and Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer feel that they can upgrade and do something that's in the benefit of this football team, you know they're going to do it. You know that's going to take place. And that's the one thing that you love about now what's taking place here with Pat Shermer, with Dave Gettleman. They're candid about everything. They're up front, and they're going to tell you what they think and what they feel. And that's one thing that me as a player, when Dave Gettleman wasn't the GM, when he was here as the director of, of scouting, it was the same thing. He'd come down, good, bad, and different, just like anybody else. Hey, watch and film. This is something that you need to work on. D linemen are going to check this out. That, that means a lot to people. And when you're talking about one of the things that we were able to get with a win-win trade, we still have that seventh-round draft pick that we were able to get from Brett Jones. You know, you know, that may come into favor at some point. You know, Christian, in, in answer to your question, uh, I mean, I think Gettleman, Dave Gettleman and, and Pat Shermer have, have proven already that they're not standing pat on anything. Listen, no. they made their 53. No, I definitely, they, I definitely they, agree they, that they're making, they're making upgrades. Christian, they made. Everybody ma- and their mother could have told you Flowers was going to be the weakest part of the but, 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 but Christian, 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 they made the, the 53-man roster, and no sooner did they make their 53-man roster, six new guys were brought <laughs> in. You're asking a question, if something remains to be bad, and if something is not being fixed, or it, it, fixed. it is not just Eric Flowers, it is any and everybody else on the team. That's just the way it is. Thanks for the call, my friend. Appreciate it. Again, folks, 201-939-4513 is the number from Long Island. Let's go uh, more nearby to Newark, New Jersey, and speak with Max. Hello, Max. Hi, Russ. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, David, the honor of speaking to someone that's always that blue and always been about the organization. Thanks, Max. I appreciate that. What can we help you with? Um, I have basically two observations and one question. Um, one of the first observation is, Saquon Barkley, I hear some people saying he wants to be, people want him to be more physical, but you have to remember that's in him as long as he plays football. He's been the shifty kind of guy. He wants to be more physical. You have to let him develop those habits because he's had the habit of, you know, dancing around and doing stuff that his whole life been successful. He wants to add this other thing, give him the time to do so. Um, the other observation is um, I'm really surprised how well the defense did, considering we went from a 4-3 to a 4 uh, to a 3-4. In you know, one the very first game they played very well. So uh, kudos to um, the defense for doing that. Let's just uh, continue to take it to the next step, work on the contain, 
did really good. Um, my one question is, and I'll take it off the line, is how do you think this week's matchup with uh, Dallas's wide receivers are compared to our secondary? I, I think it's favorable, but I just want to get your opinions, and thank you so much for the call. All right, thank you, Max. Call us again. Again, folks, 201-939-4513 is the number. David? To go, to go back to the first part, I, once again, yeah, you have to give the defense a lot of credit for the way they played in the second half, how tough they fought. But at the same time, you can't take for granted the fact that Leonard Fournette was not out on the right. field, who is their linchpin offensively and gets everything going for him. So that's why when looking back at this game, that's one of the toughest things is that he was out of that game, and that's where you can capitalize and really take advantage of, of the opportunity in front of you and force the game into Blake Bortles' hands. So that's one of the things that's difficult to deal with. But having said that, getting ready for this matchup up against the Cowboys, I think this is one that you're going to see a great matchup, and I think that the Giants have the upper hand yeah, on I this. Too. You know, if you looked at the way that, once again, we were talking about earlier, you know, it, it was pretty much the same type of game plan that they ran last season with no Dez and with no Jason Witten. And you could really see the timing, the confidence, uh, that, that Dak Prescott and his receivers were not on the same page with the timing, with clear break out of the out of the you know, out of the, the route, snapping off of it. And you could just see that timing was off the entire day. So if you're able for this defense, which we all know that they're gonna try to do, if you're able to you know you're not gonna maintain and stop him, but if you're able to contain Ezekiel Elliott and force the ball into Dak Prescott's hands, that's where we've seen him struggle time and time again. And it's not just about him trying to use his legs. It's about forcing him to pull up and be a pocket passer, something that has never been his strength. And he does not have, which from a Giants perspective, every Giant fan, every place has to be happy. Oh, yeah. There is no Jason Witten on the field. Thank gosh. I, I mean, really, thank God. Am I right? Yes. I mean, you're, you're talking about not just a talented guy, but a guy when the money is on the table you know, he's there to grab it. I, li listen, uh, if anybody thinks Sunday night for some reason should be easy, I don't know what they're thinking about, okay? And, and it's not a question of because they're both 0-1 teams. You're talking about a situation, both teams are hungry. I, I, I'm not going to use the word desperate because it, it, you can't be desperate after one game. You, you can be hungry. You need to be aggressive. You need to take care of business. But you, the, the Giants are going into enemy territory on Sunday night on national TV in Dallas. Hello? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like going to be a big barbecue. You know, and, and they're not going to be the welcome guests. So, you know, to me, uh, nothing's easy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting a tough game, but, but I'm expecting a, um, a much improved uh, performance. And, you know, I made an observation, David. Uh, I brought this up yesterday. I made an observation after Friday's practice, which in all the years, and I'm talking about 30 years covering the Giants, but I, have, I had never seen it. After Friday's practice, Nate Solder and John Greco, two big veteran offensive linemen, yeah walked over to Saquon Barkley's locker, uh, and it wasn't like a casual, hey, dude, what's going on? How are you doing in your fantasy picks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an all-serious business conversation. You know, all three of them. 
are we ready on this? Or we got this. They were taught it was all business, and and it was quite extended. Yeah. And, and and you know, media people, um, uh, PR, you know, staff who, who needed them. Everybody was standing back because this was a a business conversation. And then when Saquon left to go into the shower, that conversation continued at length with Jonathan Stewart. Now maybe I'm reading into something, but I had never really seen that before in a locker room. Two guys who are completely on the other side of the room came over. It told me that this group wants to get it right. Oh, yeah. That, that We want to make sure we got our T's crossed, our I's dotted. We want this, and we want to make sure everybody's on the same page. I really thought that was a positive. It now, is. Now That's it, huge. It, did, mean, it didn't result in a victory, but they want to get it right. They do. You could tell that everybody's invested on turning things around and getting back to the championship culture of what it means to be a New York Giant. And and that does mean a lot, even though it's something that's just that easy. But to sit there and have those conversations, to make sure that everybody's on the same page, that you get everything cleaned up before you go out there. Granted, it didn't work out perfectly on Sunday, but those dialogues, those conversations are building a, you know, an accountability in, in one another with the offensive line, the running backs. And that's only going to get better. Can you imagine now when Saquon gets more comfortable and more adjusted, when he's going to be able to talk and tell the guards or the tackles these are the things he's more comfortable doing, or he's going to try reading it that way? That talking and, and verbalizing it while watching film is never duplicated because it, when you get out there, then it's ingrained in you to where you're not thinking and you're just reacting off of it. We all know this is a game of speed. That split second that you think and you don't react, it's over for you. So when you can hammer out things, whether it's watching film, talking through plays, protections, making sure everybody's on the same page, it's another time going through it in your memory. Once again, it's reaffirming that what are we all? We're all in it together. 201-939-4513 is the number. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, having you sitting next to me, to take advantage of this. How much, you know, we it's not just Eric Flowers, but Eric Flowers is, is, becomes the focal point. Of course. But how much of, is it, be, not just Eric, but anybody on the offensive line, on any offensive line for that matter, technique, and how difficult is it, or not difficult, is it to correct technique? Oh, I mean, it, technique is something that, that's what your survival is out there. You can be big, you can be strong, but if you don't have technique, you're not going to get the job done. And, you know, that's something that we talked about is, you know, my entire life and my career playing offensive line, you know, I always told trust your technique. The only way you can trust your technique is to, one, make sure that your muscle memory and your preparation and your individual stuff, you hammer out so you do it every single time the same way. Because what happens when you do it every single time the same way, you don't get rattled if you're on the road and that defensive end gets a split-second jump on it, which is going to happen. Are you going to trust your technique and be disciplined and make sure you kick back square? Or are you going to do exactly what they want you to do? Take one kick, turn your outside, bail your foot, and open up the floodgate. So those are things that are, are crucial when you talk about offensive line play and just regards to the game of football. But O-line... That's what lets you play for a long time. That's what keeps you in the game, and that's what allows you to win your one-on-one -on -one battles. So taking it one step further, w when you're in college, okay, uh, are, are your offensive linemen in college, even the best ones, 
they're big, strong guys. Yeah. But is it in college? Is it more about power? And then when they, you know, if you will, brute strength. Yeah. And I mean, then when they come into the pros, then the O line coach says, "Okay, fellas, life's a little different." Up well, here. I, I think it also depends on where you're going to school and the scheme that they're running. You know, for me, I don't think it's any surprise that. A lot of the NFL offensive linemen are from the Big Ten because you're used to playing physical, smash mouth, downhill, running the football, two tight ends, that type of play, to where then now if you're going to someplace else and you're running a spread system and the offensive line is in a two-point stance and it's about getting as many plays in as you possibly can and you're not really focusing on the technique aspect of it, that's where you really see a drop-off when it comes to offensive linemen going from the college game to the pro game. It's all based upon technique and the way they were coached and the way that they were taught. So when you think about it, the reason why some of those teams do do that spread and that up-tempo stuff is because they don't think their offensive line is good enough to get the job done. So you think if we can do this and we can get more plays, we're going to wear out the defense instead of them beating us up physically. 201-939-4513 is the number. Coming out of college, Yeah, uh, you know, he was – Eric was a 20-year-old kid coming yeah. out of college. Was that was he relying on, on power and size? Listen, everybody talks about he's yeah. a mountain of a man. Or as or was it all power and size and not technique? And he, he really almost was learning a new game when he was coming here. Well, that was something that he was raw on and that he still continues to need to work on tr dramatically is tying his hands and his feet together. You could be the strongest. You could be the biggest. You could have the longest arm length. But if you aren't able to punch, restart, or redirect the defensive end and maintain an inside landmark, it doesn't matter how big you are. Yeah, it, it, it just, like, like, you look at the guy, I mean, he's a mountain uh -huh. of a man, and, yeah. and, and it leaves you scratching your head. You yeah, know. because what we, we said, especially at the tackle position, if you get beat inside, there's nothing you can do. There's no recovering because you're flushing them right into the quarterback. The quarterback's going to be running out. There's going to be a defensive tackle looping, and it's never going to work that way. At least if you make a defensive end rush outside, you have a chance to, like I said, either restart or redirect his rush, or there's times that we used to call guys bull riders. They'd get their hands on them, they'd punch, and they'd be able to ride and push them for those three seconds to ride the bull and then be able to let go. You can only do that if you give him a one-way go to the outside. If you give up an inside go, and then now all of a sudden you're giving up pressure that way, you are in deep trouble as an offensive tackle. Yeah. Speaking of technique, you know, one play, we're all talking about the 68-yard uh, run by yeah. Saquon Barkley. I'll tell you who made a heck of a play on that run. Little number 87, Sterling Oh, Shepard. huge block how, on the outside. How big, how big time was that block? And, he, and the great thing that why it was even more big time was because he didn't even know it was going to bounce off and come off of his block. That's something that you hone in on and you talk all 11 need to get in the run game. That's something that Amani Toomer bought into. That's something that Steve Smith would get down in there. And that's something that was a reason why we were able to have the amount of numbers rushing the football that we did. Yeah, that, that was a tremendous it play. Was unbelievable. And, and, and you, you're talking about, I mean, I don't, I, he's got to be the smaller of all the receivers on the team. Yeah, I mean, he's not big, but what did he do? He, he just just a, a Just a tremendous, tremendous play. 201-939-4513 is the number. Again, folks, want to remind you that uh, Big Blue Kickoff here live is presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win yourself amazing Giants prizes throughout 
the season. Uh, I just wanted to bring out a point to you. Uh, you know, we, again, we're talking a lot about the offensive line and, and the things that need to be corrected. Uh, it just seems to me that it's fixable. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I'm being naive. Okay? It is. But the, the most important thing is, is that anytime you lose, don't lose the lesson. Learn from this game and make sure when you come out and you're getting ready for this Dallas Cowboys game, first of all, you know Demarcus Lawrence has been extremely, extremely good at, at pressuring and sacking the quarterback. We saw him emerge big time last year, and he hasn't dropped off whatsoever. And it looks like he's had more moves to his repertoire and his secondary moves and everything. The one thing that you're hoping is that Randy Gregory's out with the concussion on the other side because we saw the way that now with his emergence and him coming back that if you take him off, now you only have one pass rusher out there that really changes the tempo of the football game of what they want to do and what Rob Marinelli does. But you know this, this is a upfront four than the defensive line that Rob Marinelli loves games. He loves tackle and end twists. He loves inside tackle, tackle, twists. So they're going to have to make sure that they hammer out protections and are on the same page and communicate with one another, or otherwise they're going to be getting split on double teams, and, and it's going to be a long day for Eli Manning. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Something just happened with my... Um, we got a map. we got a satellite I, I'm here. looking at a satellite map, uh, but I'm not looking at... Was it Mike on the line? Who's on the line? In, some, Mike in Virginia. Mike, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, how you doing today, fellas? Good. What's right. going on? Not much. Hey, uh, I got something for y'all, man. Uh, I haven't called in since the uh, the playoff game in uh, Green Bay. I listen every day, but I, uh, I haven't called in. And I, I really enjoy you two when y'all get together, man. I really do, yeah. Uh, Russ, I, I always call you no fuss Russ. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody calls in with some kind of garbage, being disrespectful, you check them quick, man. And I tell you... <laughs> It always makes me laugh, man. And deal, Dave, you you always give that that great perspective, and it's like I, sometimes I don't even understand why people want to argue with somebody that's played as long as you have. You know with, what? With, you know what, Mike? We're sitting next to him, I always wonder. I mean, we get somebody telling last week. We get people telling telling. I'm sitting next to a two-time Super Bowl champ who's played offensive line, and they're telling him about technique, and I'm going home scratching my head. Uh, you're not the only one. Okay, buddy. One. What do we got for um, you today, Mikey? Well, what I like to say is, uh, fans need to calm down because this was a huge step for us from last year. What we showed was we were able to move the ball on a top-rated defense. Yeah, there's, there's some bugs that we need to work out, but look at the positives. Yeah, we were down, we, but we were always in the game, and that's what we need to look at. There's some building blocks that we have right now, and I'm just really excited in the direction that we're going. Nothing's perfect, of course not, but this was a great start. Yeah, we didn't win, but to me, this was a very good start. Well, you know what? I'm really I'm one of those people, and, and I think David, you are too. You, you know, moral victory is my keister. You, yeah. You, you know. Yeah. You know, you want to win the game, but but having said that, you know there was improvement. You saw improvement, and you know what? We were talking about it last week about this killer. Uh, the first seven games of the season. Yeah. We're looking at Jacksonville, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, Carolina, mm -hmm. Philly, Atlanta, Washington. Let me tell you something. The first game 
was the toughest test in terms of a new team and a new offensive line. What could have been worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars? An unfamiliar Definitely. team, an AFC team, a team coming off of a, a playoff run, the type of defense that you faced, and considering the fact that the New York Giants have a whole new team with new schemes on both the defensive and offensive side of the ball. So that is that. But having said that, I think the positive thing to look at is, is that with all the things that possibly could have gone wrong that did, there was still an opportunity left in the football game in the second half to win it still. And those yeah, are the things yeah. that you have to pull from it. So, yeah, there are tons of things that they have to correct. I, that, that's, that's evident. And that's in every game you see things that you have to correct. But I think the fact that they were able to go out there and compete up against a great football team and do it for four-plus quarters and then come back this week and see how close they were from one or two plays completely changing the outcome of that one. I think those are the positive things that Pat Shermer and this team are going to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Uh, I really think we have a very good chance this week, and I'm just uh, excited to see us moving forward. But uh, thanks for taking my call, gentlemen, and I, I will be calling again when you guys are on. My, awesome. my, thanks, Mike. Feel free to call uh, D Dave or No Fuss Russ anytime you like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank I, I, you. But I will say this. I truly do have a really good feeling about this game and this matchup against the Cowboys. I think coming off of this last game, I think that they're going to regroup and, and truly Odell had a, a, a very good game for him to come out, play the way that he did, have over 100 yards receiving, have 11 catches. The thing I'm excited now is that the physical part of it he knows he has, but now he knows he has the mental part as well. You have to remember that, yes, he was out there practicing. Yes, he was running and doing sprints and going in and out of break. But he's never gotten hit. He didn't get wrapped up and tackled. He hasn't had to go across the middle knowing that there's going to be a safety that's going to hit him. He's done that already. Now, from this point forward, I think he's going to have a huge year, and I think he's going to explode this weekend up against the Dallas Cowboys. You, you know, everybody was talking about, wow, you know, what's he going to be like without preseason? Without yeah, this? no. I didn't, see, I didn't see any lackluster no, play. nor did uh, I. I. I thought, he, quite frankly, I thought he was mentally prepared. I thought he was, you know, focused. I will say something else, too. Uh, one of the call of fellow who was talking about Barkley, oh, and I apologize, I, you know, if you're still watching, I don't know if it was John or Mike um, brought, brought out the point that, you know, about talking about his physicality. His physicality. I, I mean, Saquon Barkley is a tough, strong yes. guy. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, maybe we're watching two different people, but he's a tough, strong guy. And the fact that immediately after the game, Saquon saying, I need to get that. That's on me taking ownership of it. That's, that's all you ask. And you know what? I, there was a play. I think it might have been his first run. Maybe it was for nine yards or something like that. And boom, he, he did like a ram. He rammed um, Jalen Ramsey, Jaylen Ramsey yeah. and got up. And was and talking, it, yeah. It, right in his yeah. face. Yeah. He, you know, he, he, he didn't look like oh, some, he's some, shown some, that he wasn't scared. some unphysical, non-physical rookie there. He looked like a guy ready to rumble. Oh, yeah. So, you know, to me, I, I agree with you, Dave. That, that was one time, and I don't usually walk away from games saying, yeah, you know what, man, they lost, this sucks. You, you know, I, I don't usually walk away saying, well, this was good and that was good, but I walked, I left that game saying, especially because I saw adjustments 
adjustments being made yeah. in the second half. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, that frustrates fans when you don't see adjustments. Yes, 100% and wholeheartedly it should. You see that there are flaws or something's not working. You have to do something to change things up. And then for this team and for this coaching staff, it's only a bright sign of what they're going to be able to do moving forward as they continue to play together, grow that continuity amongst the team, and really get that confidence in the system that they're running. 201-939-4513 is the number. Got about five minutes to go, folks, uh, before we wrap things up here. Listen, you you were part of this whole Dallas, uh, you know, Cowboy-Giants yeah. rivalry. Is it what it is? Oh, uh, yeah. Not, not now, the new guys, like like a Saquon, you, you, know, you know, some of the new guys, younger guys on a team. You know, I heard Landon Collins talking about it today. People were asking him about the rivalry, and, and Landon said, you know, I've only been here, you know, what's this, his, his fourth year? Yeah. He says, I'm, I'm not, you know, I know what it is when we get there, but, you know, I, he doesn't have a history of, of the rivalry. Yeah, I mean, well, that's okay. I just know that anytime it's this game week, the energy in the building, the energy on the field, those games, you know, it's always like a heavyweight fight. And for Giants fans, that competition, that rivalry is something that you heard about as a player and you continue to hear about. Every time you'd hear somebody say, hey, good luck this season. Make sure you beat the Cowboys. That was something that came up and followed up with it right after. So there is something bigger than just the season in the game and that this is week two and that's two teams that are sitting that are winless and want to turn their season around. When you put on that NY and you're seeing that star, it is the history tradition. And for me, anytime I did that, I would think to myself, you know, I want to go out there and represent this organization and make sure I make Wellington Mara proud. You know, Pat, Pat Sherman was talking about people were asking him about, you know, the rivalry, you know, in, in the NFC East. And he brought out a point. He says, I, you know, I don't re I'm not really feeling it here. I'm, I'm just here now. I know what the, the rivalries are in the yeah. NFC East. But but Sherman said, uh, I can't tell you, though, I felt it well, when I was in Philadelphia. He says he remembers when he was in Philly and it was one early morning and he was going out to take out the garbage and somebody on the street came up to him and said, it's okay if you go 2-14 and 14, as long as you beat the Cowboys twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing is that this is another great story so that whenever we were on the road throughout my 11-year career, you know, the minute that we would get to the team hotel and drop off, I drop off my bags and I just go out and walk around the city just for a couple minutes to stretch out, get some fresh air, you know, go Philly first year. I go walking around, no problems. The second year, I had about nine or ten guys that were Philly, Philly fans heckling me the entire way. Philadelphia was the only city that whenever we would go there for a road game, I never went out and walked. It's the only city. <laughs> no, and, and you're a big guy. Yeah. You're like, I, I don't need that. I don't need that madness. But but, but look, let me ask this. Sometimes, you, you know, you're in enemy territory, but I've heard this many times from players. You know, you say, oh, they're going on the road. But but many times players, Parcells used to say that too. It's 53 guys on the road against together, the world. Against yeah. the world. Yeah. And, and, and if you're motivated that way. And I, I was also wondering, like a guy like Eric Flowers, and I, again, not beating a dead horse, but a guy like Eric Flowers who, who, who gets booed and, and, and you know, yeah. he has all the raspberries coming, you know, locally. Maybe on, on the road, though, you know, it's a different story. I'm, I'm part of this team. Let's go out and kick some 
kick some ass. Yeah, I mean, because all that matters are the people in that locker room. Those are the only players, the coaches, they're the only ones that are going to dictate the outcome of that football game, not the fans, not the people on the outside. It's all about this team looking at one another in the eye, being accountable to one another, and selling out for four-plus quarters. And that's something that, you know, you think back to those years, think back to 2007. We thrived on playing on the road, and one of the greatest feelings in the world is walking away from, you know, whether it's FedEx Field or, or the Cowboys Stadium or, or the Link, just walking away from those places victorious and the place being completely silent. You, you know, I, I love when we're talking about 2007, folks, uh, in particular because, you know, and well, we're up against it, but I want to bring out a point. You, you, you brought it up before. You started out 0-2 in 2007. How, much, how many points did the defense give up the first two games? How, how's this? 80. Not, not only that, you lose 45-35 in Dallas, yep. the first one. You, lo- you lose 35-13 at, at home to Green Bay. Yep. Now, you go to Washington, and if I remember correctly, it was something like 16-3 or something. And I remember John Mara saying to me, saying, sitting with Jerry Reese, saying, well, this is not good. It was gut check and, time. And, and it was gut check time. And then, you know, the rest is history. They came away with the 24-17 win. And you know, there you go. Yeah, you know, so all it, it takes is one. It, it, it all it takes, just like is, in baseball, it takes one hit. You, you know, and it, more than anything, and you you can attest to this, it, it it takes staying together. Yeah, yep. It takes staying together with your brothers in the foxhole and making sure you take care of business. And uh, folks, business will be coming Sunday night on national TV in Big D. Your uh, 0-1 Giants against your 0-1, not your 0-1, their 0-1 Cowboys. In the meantime, that is a wrap on today. Again, our thanks to you people. My thanks to two-time Super Bowl champion David Deal. I'm Russ Salzberg. Uh, For everybody here at Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com, we thank you, and we will see you next time.